Good morning, everyone. Have a wonderful day. We continue. We left off 85a. So we learned yesterday. There's an argument between Aviechen and Rishlakish. You're not allowed to break a bone of the carbon pesach. What? But only if it has a um, if it has meat on it or inside. So what if you have less than a kazayas of meat on the place where you break the bone, but it's elsewhere on the bone? You have more meat elsewhere on the bone. So that's a machlekes in Abiyechanon and Rishlakesh. Abiyechanon says you, you're liable, you violate the prohibition, since even the place where you broke the bone, there is not a kazayas, but elsewhere on the bone, there is a kazayas. So therefore, or together with other meat, together it makes up a kazayas, so therefore you violate the prohibition. Rishlakesh says no. You don't, uh, since the place where you broke the bone, there's no desires of meat, therefore you don't. So, so the question was, we learned in the Braise. The Braise says that um, a bone, whether it has a kezayis, whether it doesn't have a kezayis, you violate the prohibition. So this proves, because if you're going to say it means there's there's no kezayis, no meat altogether. Don't everyone you shouldn't violate the prohibition. Obviously, the brisa means whether there's a kezayis on the spot where you broke the bone or a combination elsewhere. So yeah, so the shlokish answers are Malay. He continues. The shlokish responds. No, that's not the chat in the brisa. Hachi This is what the brisa. Doesn't matter if the, it has a kezayis of meat on the outside of the bone. It doesn't have It doesn't matter if it's outside the bone. Maybe outside there is no meat. But inside the bone, the marrow, on the place where you broke it, there's a kezayis inside. Then you violate. And to prove it, this is what we learn. We also learn the brayses similarly. Whether it has it has uh, marrow or it doesn't have marrow. Mani mekayim v'achlus abasar belaylazeh. So how am I, how do I fulfill the mitzvah? You should eat the meat at this night. If I can't break the bone, I can't access the marrow. Bebasar shal gabiyat. I can only eat the meat that's over the bone. Maybe it also means the meat that's in the bone, the marrow. How is it possible? It says you're not allowed to break a bone. How do I access that marrow, that meat? Maybe the prohibition is only a bone that has no marrow. But a bone, but a bone that has marrow, then I'm allowed to. Altisman, don't wonder how am I allowed to? The Torah says, don't, don't break a bone. Because there's a positive commandment to eat the meat of the Pesach. So if the only meat I have is the marrow inside, it overrides the prohibition of not breaking a bone. So I fulfill the myth of not, not breaking a bone if there is no marrow inside. So I would think so. So he said, when it says, by Pesach Sheni, it says, by the second Pesach, you shouldn't break a bone. Shein Tamulay, but why does he have to tell me? Shai Farnamer, it says already. Kachol, Kukas Apesach, Yasuei, that the second Pesach follows all the laws of the first Pesach. I already know that you're not allowed to break the bone of the second Pesach. It's just like you're not allowed to break the bone of the first Pesach. So why does he say it? So it's extra. So it's coming to teach me. That in this case we don't say, even though we have a rule throughout the Torah, say but when it comes to Pesach and the Gemara says elsewhere, all of Kachim. 
we don't say this rule doesn't apply. We don't say that the positive commandment comes and overrides the prohibition. What do you want to say? asked, wait a minute. I mean, when do you say a positive commandment overrides a prohibition? We already learned this earlier. It's only if it's at the same moment, at the same time. When you break, when you do the prohibition, when you do the prohibition, you're overriding the prohibition, you're fulfilling a myth. Here, when you're breaking the bone, the eating is later. I'm not fulfilling any commandment. Why would he even think? That the positive, why do I need a second positive? Why would I even think that the mitzvah overrides? Um, also, the Rashba says, another question, it is possible to fulfill both. I don't need, a, I don't need to override the prohibition. I can access the marrow without violating the prohibition of breaking the bone. That is, by a coal, making a fire, the fire will make a hole, and then I access the marrow. I'm not breaking anything, and that's allowed. You're not allowed to break it. You're not allowed to break it, right? So I can just use a coal. So what do I have to override? So why would the Torah, why would the Torah tell me that you shouldn't override? It's not a problem. If I have to eat it, I have a way of eating it. I have a way of accessing it without overriding anything, and that's allowed. So what, what's the? In other words, when, when, why do I have to break a bone? Why does Tedef tell me you're not allowed to break a bone? I have no need to break a bone. When are you allowed to? When do we say the mitzvah overrides the prohibition? There's no other choice. I have a choice. I have another option. I can fulfill it. I can fulfill both of them. I can fulfill the positive commandment to eat, and I can fulfill the, 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 the prohibition not to break a bone. So he says, because Rabbi said earlier, Rabbi said that. Um, that the reason you're not allowed to make a fire, a coal, put a coal on the bone and extract the marrow, why not? So Abayah says, because we're worried that you're going to come to break the bone. Like putting a fire on is going to come to crack, the bone will come to crack. Yeah. Rabbi says, the reason is, because Hefset Kosh, you're not allowed to, because when you're burning it, you're also going to burn some of the marrow. You can't help but burn. When you burn the bone, you burn a hole in the bone, you can't help. It's inevitable. You're going to burn some of the meat, some of the marrow. You're not allowed to. So it's prohibited. You're not allowed to burn the marrow. You're not allowed to burn meat, take it with your hands and burn it. So it's not an option. You can't say the positive commandment that I'm fulfilling both. I'm fulfilling the midst of eating. I'm fulfilling the prohibition because I'm not breaking. No. There's an, that's not an option. Burning is not an option because you're going to come to burn to burn uh, and it's prohibited. So I guess since there's no other way, since there's no other way to fulfill the mitzvah, only by breaking the bone, there is no other way. I don't have any other meat. Let's say there's no other meat, only what's inside. So I would think, I say, listen, you have to do the mitzvah. What am I going to do? I'm stuck. I don't have any other option. No, no. The, 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 uh, oh, the laces. No. The laces of breaking a bone. The laces of breaking a bone. I have no choice. I have to break a bone. I'm not, I'm not ruining any culture. I don't have a choice. Even though I'm going to eat it later, but I don't have a choice. That's why I need a pastor to tell me that that the, uh, the mitzvah does not override the prohibition. You're not allowed to break a bone. Even in that scenario, you have no other meat, only what's inside, tough luck, you can't eat. Okay.
Maisfe, I'll ask you a question. We learned the Braisa, Ava, she got some Miktase. We learned, no, I'm sorry, we learned an Ava, uh, of, an organ of an animal, a sacred animal that was offered as a sacrifice. The Yatsamiktase, part of it, part of the Ava went outside its its boundary. Whether if it's a Kachi Kachim, if it's a very holy sacrifice, it's not allowed to leave the courtyard of the temple. If it's a kachim uh, kalim, a lighter sacrifice, then it's not allowed to leave Yerushalayim. So what if half of it left, half of it is sticking out out of the wall, and the other half is inside, and one half is outside? So what do I do? Okay, so here we're talking about a carbon pesel. So it's outside, outside Yerushalayim. So what do I do? So you you cut off, you cut off the meat until you get to the bone. But that meat I can't eat. It left. It left. It's 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 quarantined. It left its it's, its boundaries. I can't eat it. Went outside the wall. Yeah. So you have to cut it. Had blocks and shemagil left. Then the koyla. Then you have to you have to peel atzmagil apedik. You have to reach a joint because you can't just chop off the bone right there because a carbon pesach you're not allowed to break the bones. So you have to go, even though the rest of the uh, the rest of the bone is okay, the rest of the meat and the rest of the bone is okay, but I don't have a choice. I can't just chop off the bone. So what do I do? I have to, but I have to cut off the, I have to chop off the bone. I can't. I have to burn the bone. I have to get rid of the bone. So what do I do? So you you peel up until the joint and then you cut it. Right, by the joint. And then you cut it without breaking the bone. I'm not breaking the bone. So he, I'm if you're gonna say Abraham love because I is boss of Mokam Yes, Mokam Mech and Aimbe Mishim Shvira said. If you're gonna tell me, Abiyachin is asking Lishlokish. You are saying that when is the prohibition to break the bone? Only if there's a kazai is a meat on the spot that you break the bone. So Lamali the Kaila, why do I have to peel up until I get to the joint? That's from Gilapay the why? Nikla Bepurta. Just peel off a little and break it. Because the, when you peel it off, then the spot that I'm breaking has no meat on it. It doesn't matter if the rest of the bone has meat. You say it doesn't matter. All that matters is the spot where you break it has to have a Kazaya's bus. Baya says that we're worried that maybe the other part of the bone is going to break. When you're going to hit this part that doesn't have any meat, you're going to end up breaking even the part of the bone that, that does have meat. Ravina says, Bekulis. Kulis means that there's meat inside. It's a, it's a closed bone and there's meat inside. So the spot that you're breaking has meat, has a kazayas of meat inside. So therefore it's not an option. So I have to go all the way to the joint and cut off um, and, and chop it off there. We learned the mission. We learned over there. Pigel and Pigel when the Kayan had the wrong thought when he slaughtered it or and he's going to do something out of the time, not in the right time. Even though they're in a the state of purity, there's nothing wrong with it, but the rabbis decree that it should contaminate the hands of the koyin. Why? give two different reasons. They worry that the koyin is gonna is going to disqualify a carbon because he's jealous of someone, doesn't like someone. So this rich Jew is gonna come with a carbon. He'll just have a bad thought, 
and he'll uh, cause them a lot of harm. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so, someone who didn't give the Kayan Aliyah gets upset. That's it. The Gabai, that's it. He's going to disqualify his animal. And one said, because they're lazy. So, and the Kayan were very worried about Tuma. They were very worried about Tumah. They were very careful not to become Tameh because it messed them up. If they became Tameh, they couldn't eat the sacrifices. It was, it was a terrible day when they became Tameh. So if you tell them, hey, you're going to turn something piggle, then all of a sudden you automatically become Tameh because you touched it. Or you're going to tell them, you're going to leave over. You're not going to be lazy. I don't want to leave over because I leave over, then I'm going to have to touch it and become Tameh. And then he says, they're not arguing. Mar masna pigol, mar masna nicer. Abhunda's reason is I'm piggle. That explains why piggle, it becomes tummy. Piggle is the only worry that someone will do something intentionally. Mar masna nicer. Nicer is laziness. You're going to leave it over because of laziness. Man, the masna pigol, shum hashlikunda. Man, the masna nicer, shum aslikunda. Question is, if you're dealing here with a, a koyin who's going to disqualify someone's sacrifice, you're dealing here with a pretty wicked person. I mean, to cause so much damage just to, because you don't like the guy. You're supposed to be a public servant, right? You're supposed to be like a politician. You're a public servant. You're serving, you're serving your, your constituents. And here you're coming and you're taking out your personal dislike and subjective prejudices. Subjective prejudices, right, against this person. So, so you think he's going to worry about Tumma? So said, yeah, even a Russia, even a wicked person, but Tumme doesn't want to he doesn't want to mess with Tumme. Okay, now now we have another argument. Now we have an argument how much of this meat of the pigle sacrifice and how much of the meat of the noisa did the rabbi say make your hand tummy? One says Kazayas, the olive mount, the same amount it would take to eat to violate the prohibition. In general, throughout the Torah, to contaminate, to, to convey contamination, it has to be the size of an egg. So man, the masnik is is the one who says kizayis. He's just like the prohibition of eating. You're not allowed to eat the leftover. You're not allowed to eat from the pickled sacrifice. Eating is a kezayis. So to the tumma is also kezayis. Man, the masnik and the one who says kezayis, the amount that it takes to convey impurity. We have a question. If you took the animal sacrifices out of its out of its limited space, did the rabbis also decree that that meat becomes tummy just by touching it or not? Me, what's the question? Me, I mean, we say the We made decree this become tummy because of laziness. There because he's lazy, it's passive. I won't eat it on time. I fall asleep. I won't eat it on time. No one suspects that the koyin is going to take it with his own hands and remove it out of its boundary. That, 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 that's that's prohibited. So therefore, there's no reason to make a decree. Why why should I make a decree? Why should I say that the food is tummy? Therefore, perhaps no. Maybe the rabbis didn't make a distinction like as usual. Keep it simple across the board. Any sacrifices disqualifies makes you tummy. He says, Tosh, ma, come, I'll bring you a proof. You, you cut until you reach the bone. And then you peel, because that you have to cut and you have to remove. Then you have to peel until you get to the to the uh, joint, and you cut, you cut, the, bo- you cut the bone there. 
Via, I mean, if you're going to say God's Rabbi Rabbi if you're going to say that the rabbis decree that, an, uh, that a, a part of the sacrifice that leaves its mechitza, leaves its boundary, becomes tamek, how does it help me to cut? It, it contaminates the one, the meat that reached on the outside, contaminated the meat that was on the inside. Yeah, so therefore the whole thing is disqualified. So what does it help me to cut the bone, but I can still eat the meat? No, it's a contaminated. The answers no. It's called a hidden right, concealed impurity. Concealed impurity does not. In other words, it touched the meat before you cut it off. Before you remove the meat that went on the outside, the meats were touching each other, but they, they were they, the place of contact was hidden, was concealed. So that impurity doesn't apply. According to Ravina that says that food that's attached, we don't look at it as it's attached. We look at it like it's it's a, it's a part, as if as if it's separate. They were separated, so therefore Michael and Mema. So you can't say it's too it's concealed. It's not concealed. They're not like one piece. They're like two separate pieces and they're just touching each other. So they should contaminate the one who says that the size of the kazayas. So you might answer. You know, you know what? I'll answer you. You're right. The truth is, according to Ravina, it should become tummy. So how can I still eat the part, the meat of the bone that was inside, that remained inside? The one who says, when to become tummy? If it's a kezai, it's less than a kezai. The part of the meat that went outside was less than a kezai. And the one who says that the rabbis enacted that if it's the size of an egg, then it becomes impure. It makes your hands impure. The less make a bait. It doesn't have a bait. It was less. So therefore, it wasn't enough to contaminate the meat that was left inside. It was still inside. Touch mapping a proof we learn. If someone carries out meat from one group to the other, even though it's in the same building, but each group had to eat it alone and separately and apart. Even though he violated the prohibition, you're not allowed to. You're not allowed to remove the meat from the group. Toy remains pure. My love, Toy It's prohibited. You said he violates a prohibition. And nevertheless, it's Toy. So, because leaving the group, just like you're not allowed to take a sacrifice outside your shalayim, kachim kalim, kachim kachim, not allowed to take outside the courtyard. The pesach, carbon pesach, you're not allowed to remove it from the group. It's like taking it outside your shalayim. So you violate a prohibition. It's puzzle. The meat becomes puzzle, invalid. And nevertheless, it says Torah. The rabbis did not decree. This answers your question. We see clearly the rabbis are not decreed. The rabbis only decreed if it was pigle or it was nicer, but not if it, was, if, it, if it left, if it was outside, taken out of its boundaries. It means it's pure and it's allowed. It's not like taking it outside of Yerushalayim. And the meat does not become invalid. And that's why your hands are pure. And that's why it's pure.
Check the Yamada, what do you mean? Well, it says there at the end, Sefer, Tani Sefer, Echleta the Blazes. You said you violated the Lazer, you violated the prohibition. You see? Abbasar Chutzah, you're not allowed to take it outside of it. So, you, so it surely it became possible. So it does become possible. So therefore it became possible, it should contaminate. How, how do you say Tar, your means pure? Yeah. So according to one that says Kibetza, we can answer this week is Ayas. Let's be In order to impart impurity, it has to be the size of an egg. So here we're talking about he took out of the Chabura less than an egg. So he says, Tar, you can eat from it. Tar, it's pure because it's less than an egg, but it's a Kazayas. So right now the mother is saying toyed is and Mutti, you're allowed to eat from it. You're allowed to eat from it. She says, I it says it says if you eat from it, you violate the prohibition. So we see the meat is disqualified, and yet it's toyed. So he says, so we're talking about it has a kazayas. No, you can't eat from it. You you have a kazayas. So you would think you can eat from it. You have enough of a shir to eat from it. He's saying, no, you're not allowed to eat from it. It becomes disqualified. You're not allowed to eat from it. I, if that's the case, why doesn't why you tar, Why do you remain pure? Because it's less than an egg. But according to the opinion, but according to the opinion, is that the rabbis decree that a kezayis is enough to impart impurity. Michael Maymer, what are you going to answer? Because you're telling me I can't eat from it, and if I eat from it, it's, it's disqualified. I violated the prohibition, it's disqualified. If it's disqualified, why am I tired? Why am I pure? It has a kezayis. And you tell me I can't eat it, it's disqualified. So why doesn't it impart impurity? I mean, so why doesn't it make me pure? They said the rabbis decreed it should make me impure. Ella, we have to answer. This is the exception. Even if the rabbis made a decree, under all circumstances, even though there may be not be any reason, there's no reason to disqualify, to make it tummy, right? We're not worried that a person is going to intentionally take it outside. So there's no reason to make it tummy. Nevertheless, the rabbi says, we're going to keep it simple across the board. Any disqualification of a sacrifice makes your hands tummy. But this is the exception. Every rule is an exception. What's the exception? Pace. Why? Why do they make an exception for Pace? Well, it goes around to my time, since there's a whole group together and everyone is in Pesach and on best behavior everyone is sharp so they're going to watch each other they're going to make sure that that they shouldn't uh, that, 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 that they're not going to take it out so it's very unlikely it's going to happen the rabbis don't make a decree about something that's unlikely it's unusual since they're all sitting together they're going to watch each other don't take it out you're not allowed to take it out of the group so it's unlikely for it to happen so something that's unlikely you don't have to make it no he took a he took a kazai our question is other sacrifices not not by Pesach my Teiku it says we don't know the answer to that if the rabbis made a decree that it should contaminate your hand or not. Some say that even the carbon Pesach, if you take it outside of Yerushalayim, it's included in the same question. In other words, the group will protect you. The group, you're not going to take it out of, of the group that you're sitting there. You're not going to, they'll stop you. Really, it's the same question. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's why Noiser also is in the case of God, because there it's a passive thing, you know, maybe. So there. It didn't make any differentiation. 
Okay, then he says, We continue in 85b. How do we know you're not allowed to take out a pesa from one group to another? Tanya says, You're not allowed to remove it from the house. You read the Pasuk literally, it would, mean, it would seem to say you're not allowed to remove it from one house to the other. How do we know two groups in the same house? You're not allowed to take it from one group to the other. It should have said. It should have said. It's an extra extra word. Why is he add chutzah? So chutzah lachilase. He's adding that whatever is outside the place that you're eating is called chutzah. It's already chutz. Not only outside the house. You leave the house, it's chutz. He's saying, no, you leave the group, it's chutz. Oh, so even when in the same house. In the same house. One's in the dining room, one's in right. the room. You're sitting, you're, really, you're, out of, you're out, you're out. You're already an outsider, you're out. Not only if you leave the house, you're already outside of this group, you're an outsider. So one takes out, removes. You have to make anocha. You have to place it down. Like Shabbos. When you violate the prohibition, you have to uplift and put it down. Where does it, he says, All the other categories of work we learned, it doesn't say clearly in the Torah. It just says, don't do what you did in the Mishkan. And we learn now 39 things that was involved in building the Mishkan, so you're not allowed to do. Here he says, Shabbos, it's carrying. It says, Shabbos, don't carry. It says in the Torah, don't carry. Where does it say? So he says, because it says by the Mun, it says, a person should not go out of his place. Even though we said it means you have quarantine, Trum Shabbos, you quarantine, you can't go past the boundaries. So, how do you learn? What do you mean it says don't carry? Where does it say don't carry? She says, No. Firstly, many rabbis hold, the rabbis hold that Trumman is only rabbinic. It's not biblical. And some say, according to the rabbis, under all circumstances, no matter how far you walk, even 12 mil is also rabbinic. So, there's no pus. There's no Pasa. The Pasa is talking about don't carry. Why not Ayatishum Kaime? Because you're going to carry your pots to, to, to collect the mud or whatever. So you're not allowed to leave because you're not allowed to carry. That's what the Pasa is referring to. Even according to the Mandamar, Akiva says, or according to the opinion that Ramon says, everyone holds a certain Yud based mills with the rice. Nevertheless, the Torah should have said, Really, the Pasa is coming to tell me it's, you shouldn't carry. But since it doesn't say Al Yaitzi, it says, Al Yaitse is coming to teach me both things. How much did the rabbis obligate you to redeem your life? But surely, according to everyone, the Pasik is referring to don't carry. The question is, Taisa says, why do we need Tuksuk? Okay, so this is unique. It's unlike all the other Malachas. All the other Malachas, there's no Pasik. Except Lesvaru there's no Pasik. This is the only one. They have a Pasik, don't carry. And then the Gemara gives another pasuk. It says, Moshe told the arm, stop bringing donations. Don't bring donations. So it means, why? Because you're not allowed to carry on Shabbos. And it says the nation, stop bringing donations. Don't carry on Shabbos. So what do you need to pasuk? 
And even if... He says the reason why I need a Pasuk Bechlal because it's a Malachi Geruah. If not for the Pasuk, I would never ever thought that it's considered work. Because it's unique. All the other categories of work, I'm doing something creative. You're cooking, you're cooking, you're making a fire, you're, you're changing something. I'm doing something creative, I'm weaving, I'm sewing, I'm doing something. What creativity is involved in carrying something out, of, out the door? <laughs> what did I do exactly? What creative work did I do? What work did I do? I didn't do work and I didn't do anything creative. So if not for the Pasuk, I would never in a million years even include it in the categories of work. And that's why I need two Pesukim. One for the Balabayis and one for the Ani, which is why the first Mishnah Shabbos spells out both. It, you would, if there would only be one Pasuk, I would say, okay, if you're inside the house and you're walking out or you're carrying out, so from inside the house. But if you're outside and you're sticking the Ani, the poor person is outside and he's sticking his hand inside and taking something from lifting up something and carrying, that's carrying. It's not carrying. Carrying is if you walk, you walk, you transfer something from one property to the other if you're inside, you're carrying outside. So I need two psukim to tell me don't carry that either one, either one is considered carry. And uh, like the boards going out on the wagon in the Michigan. get the best prices That's where it all comes. Yeah. Yeah, Maser Abba Abba asked the question. We learn how you save the nice and the the the, uh, the sacrifices that were burnt, that were sprinkled in the inside of the temple, and they had to be completely burned. Like the communal sacrifice of the, the Besden, the Supreme Court uh, herb, or so these are sacrifices that have to be taken outside of the city and burned. So you say when they if they were schlepping it by po- with poles, the he goat, the he goat that was burnt, let's say, and the Yom Kippur. The bulls or the he goats were burned. So if they were taken out of the courtyard on poles, so the, the first ones out were left already, left the walls of the courtyard. And the, the ones on the other side of the pole are still inside, inside the walls of the courtyard. Now, here we're talking about the courtyard. Because it was it was kachi kachi, chatas. The moment it leaves its boundary, the boundary of a chatas is the walls of the courtyard. So the ones who left already the walls of the courtyard, their clothes become tamim. And the ones who are inside are still inside and They still they're still inside. They their clothes are not become impure. It's only when you leave. By carrying outside, those who carry outside, their clothes become tummy. They're still inside. But the question is, there it says, don't don't remove it. Also, the, the Pasuk uses the same Lashem, don't remove it. So why don't you learn from Shabbos? You, don't, you shouldn't fulfill this. You don't, when does the Torah say that those who remove it become impure? When they remove it means when they settled it, when they set it down. It, they never set it down in the middle of carrying. So even the ones who are outside, yeah, even the ones who are outside should should uh, should should have become impure. So Rabbi Mamel asked it. He asked and he answered. He, he answered his own question. That's the best, the best way. Answer your own. Figure it out. Answer your own question. Big nigradin. We're talking about they were schlepping it on the ground. When you drag it on the ground, it's on the ground. So every, every moment you're putting it down. Yeah, exactly. 
Taisa says it doesn't necessarily mean you have to schlep it on the ground. Disrespectfully, it means it was within nine inches of the ground. Since it was within nine inches of the ground, even though we learned in Shabbos that the rabbis disagree with the Rebbe, that's only when you throw it. But when you carry, when you're passing something over, you're carrying something over, everyone holds it. If it's within three tvachim off the ground, even if you don't stop, it's considered as if as if you stopped, as if it, it's settled on the ground. Okay. Next mission. A piece of the sacrifice of the face that left was outside of this boundary. Outside of the city walls of Yerushalayim, or outside the house it was eaten, outside the group. So he says, you have to cut off, the, remove all that meat. That meat now became disqualified. You have to remove it up until the bone. And then you peel the flesh away until you reach the joint and, and then you, you cut it there. You cut it by the joint because you can't break the bones. But all the other sacrifices, you don't have to do that. You have to remove the meat that, that from the part of the bone that was outside that, that you took out. But then cut it, the kufits. Why? I can just chop it off right there because there's no prohibition of breaking a bone. Then he says, the place, the space of the door itself, anything inside the doorstep. So even when the door is open, anywhere inside the doorstep, the, the space of the door that the door occupies, that's considered like inside. Anything beyond the doorstop is like outside. The windows, the thick thickness of the wall, it was very thick walls, the thickness of the wall, it's all, all considered like in the inside. But when it comes to the door, the door doesn't necessarily have to be at the end of the wall, the door could be at the beginning of the wall. So he says anything outside the door basically is outside. Anything in the door, in the space of the door frame and, and, and is inside. Isn't that basically the agaf or is that the door? What? So that's, that's the agaf. That's the agaf. Agaf is, where, I guess, where, where, where the door stop, where it bangs against. Agaf, olifinim. Anything inside, beyond that, inside of that is inside. I mean, agaf, The door jam, you know, that holds the door. That's the mission. The same is true regarding tefillah. So it actually says, meaning that anyone that's standing within the door frame, anyone that's standing within the door frame is considered like inside the house. And you can add him to the minion. But anyone that's outside, you can't add him to the minion. According to Abishur Ben the law is like Abishur Ben Levi, that even a mechitza of barzal, even an iron curtain, an iron wall, cannot separate us, the Yidden and the Father in Heaven. So therefore, it doesn't matter if you're outside the door, you can still uh, count them for a minute. That's how Rashi learns the Gemara. Taisus argues, Taisus says, no, what, 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 it's not what Abishur Ben Levi is talking about. 
because we know the law, the law follows like Rabbi and Levi. And nevertheless, we know the Gemara, we learned in Edevin that the Mechitza does separate. You can't add like nine and one. You remember if there was a, a bigger room and a smaller room, if there's nine, nine in the bigger room and one in the smaller room, so the smaller room follows the nine. But if there's nine in the smaller room and one in the bigger room, the bigger room doesn't follow the small room. So, so you see, it's a mechitza, it's a separate. So mechitzas, when it comes to minyan, mechitzas do divide. From that whole gemara, that's the halacha. They don't even argue that. So we don't follow. Here, here we say like Rishon and Levi. We know the law follows Rishon and Levi. And there, the gemara says clearly, if it's not in the same mechitza, if you're not in the same room, it's not a minyan. And he can say he's talking about whether you fulfill your obligation of hearing the Megillah, of hearing Shoifer. Because there, even if you're outside the shul altogether, it says if you were passing by and you heard someone blow the Shoifer, and you had a mind to fulfill your obligation, and the one blowing had a mind, whoever's going to listen, you fulfill your obligation. You don't even have to be in the same room. So what's he talking about? What do you mean, Mechain Litfil? What? He can't say he means, uh, so, so what does he mean, Mechain Litfil? And then he says he argues, I'm sure, Levi. Can't be. I'm sure Malevi. So he must be talking about something else entirely. So that he says here we're talking about the answer, kedusha, yesh meirabah. Sure, Malevi says he can answer even if you're not in the same room. There's no wall that can divide, separate between us and our Father in heaven. So you can answer, I'm in yesh And Rabbi Huda says no, you can't answer since there's a mechitza, there's divide. So, therefore, you can't you, you can't answer Amen, you can't answer Kaddish, you can't answer Kaddish. But since you need ten, anything that you need ten, just like you can't make a minion if you're outside the Mechitza, so too, you can't, so too, so too you, 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 you can't answer Kaddish and Baruch. You don't fulfill your obligation. You can't answer Kaddish. You need ten. You don't have ten. Just like you need ten, and and you said the ten have to be in the same mechitza, in the same room. That was Rashi. What? That was in her room. Rashi said, right? No, he's saying. Um, no, he's saying no one is arguing with that. I'm sure Malavi is not arguing with that. I'm sure Malavi is only arguing whether you need a minion. Everyone holds, according to Tasmus, everyone holds to make a minion. You need to be in the room. You're not in the same room. I'm sure Malavi is not arguing with that. No one argues with that. The Gemara is Tam Gemara Nedevin. I'm sure Malavi doesn't say that it's okay for the minion needed to be outside. Everyone holds you have to be in the room. The only question is, are you, could you, are you allowed to answer Amin? Are you allowed to answer Baruch Kedusha? Anything you need a minion, you're not a minion. You're one person saying Baruch. You can't say Baruch one person. You can't say Kedusha one person. You have no connection to the minion. Just like you can't be Mitzadah with the minions, Rabbi Huda says, you can't, you, you can't answer Baruch. You can't say Kedusha. And the Malevi says, no, to make the minion, you have to be in the room. All ten have to be in the room. But the answer, and even to fulfill your obligation of answering, yes, that you could do. That's the argument. Now, the Rishonim discussed this whole idea, not mentioning about here, about seeing. Because during COVID, we relied on the whole concept. We weren't in the same room. But the fact that we can see each other. If you can see each other, if you're in the same room, you don't even have to see each other. That's the difference. If in the same room, even if you don't see each other. He's on the other side of the mechitzah. On this side of the order, you're in the same room. You can be, you can make a minion, but 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 uh, outside the room, if you see each other, just like by Edus, you see each other. That's based on the Rajba. That's the whole. That's what we relied on. The whole halacha. You can rely on seeing and be mitzadef to the minion. <laughs> so everyone was in different houses and saw each other, and they made a minion.
throughout COVID. Okay. This itself is a question, it's a contradiction. Here, you say that from the doorstep and inside is Gilufanim. But the Agaf, it says, oh, Agaf, he calls the door jam, jam, the place of the door. So anything inside is like inside. Agaf Asma, the place of the door itself. Let's say the door is open and you're standing in that space, it's considered like outside. Look at the end of them. The Mishnah. Anything that's outside, when the door is closed, anything that's outside the door is outside. But the door space itself is like inside. It's not a contradiction. In the gateway of the courtyard, in the gateway of the courtyard, we say that it has to be inside. Anything, when the door is closed, anything inside. But the door space itself is considered like outside the courtyard. In the gates of Yerushalayim, anything that's inside the door space is also considered like inside. Oh, 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 yeah, oh, just the opposite. That the Shadi Yerushalayim I consider I consider like outside. The, the space of the Shadrach has to be expelled from all boundaries, not only from Machne Shechina, not only from the Temple, not only from Machne Levia from the Temple Mount, or even from Machne Yisrael from, the, uh, from Jerusalem. So to protect himself from the sun, we allow him to stand underneath when the door is opened and to stand underneath that space. So therefore, it was not holy. It wasn't sanctified versus the, the gateway of the courtyard. So that space was sanctified. But except, except one gate. The gate, when you went up the 15 steps from the, uh, from the Ezra's Nashim, from the women's courtyard to the Ezra's Yisrael, so that gate was called Shad Nikner, because it had the... the, the uh, uh, the door of the gate was was donated by Nikner, famous story. So there, they did not sanctify that open space. Why? Because the Metzayda, when he had to purify himself, he could wasn't allowed to enter into the courtyard. So he stood there, so it wasn't sanctified. And he would stick in his hands, his thumbs, and his ears, so the Kayan could smear from the blood. The Kayan was inside. He was outside, but he stuck in his thumb so he can smear the blood on his thumbs. Short of that, Other than that, short of that, all the other gates, uh, even the door, space of the door was also sanctified. We'll stop over here. Everyone have a wonderful, wonderful.